Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. It's never been more important to diversify your financial portfolio. Well, that's right. The S&P is down 20% from the last year, and this year looks even worse. Gold and precious metals offer a hedge against inflation and stock market volatility. And Legacy Precious Metals is the company Ken and I trust. Protect your retirement account by rolling it into a gold-backed IRA or have metals shipped directly to your door. Call our friends at Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or visit buylegacygold.com. Chlorinated water is for swimming, not drinking or bathing. Cities add chlorine to Hetch Hetchy water, causing dry skin and hair. This is Claire Beverly, and I want to tell you about LifeSource Water Systems, the solution to your water worries. A LifeSource system filters your water from every tap, reducing the harsh taste and feel of chlorine and giving you softer skin and hair without maintenance. No salt filters or servicing. Call 888-712-4279 for a free consultation or visit LifeSource water.com life source taste and feel the difference we need to move our criminal justice system into the direction of the 21st century his special directives that he's enacted has given criminals kind of a get out of jail free card we need to use science and data in order to address public safety or violent crime uh, his data and science is completely flawed nobody's safe in los angeles because of, of district attorney gaffron you will see that not only have i enhanced public safety don't get that name on my face that's a chap right there i am absolutely outraged at the lies that mr gaffron is spewing he has no business implementing laws of his own personal choice which we voted against. We've done so in a way that is much more both physically and socially responsible. Not only is he breaking the law, but he is not doing what he is supposed to do as a district attorney, and that is protect his victim. He is in the wrong office. He should have been a public defender. He's voted in. He can be voted out. Salute. Celebrating us going home on this Gaskin direct. Crime is at a historic low in this nation. It's a historic low in the state. That's a bunch of baloney to me. And now... For an update on the recall of L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon, here's John and Ken. You can think about that. When you play that opening, that desk, there's criminals in there in prison saluting George Gascon. 
I mean, murderers. It's hard to believe. Sometimes it gets lost because those clips go by quickly and it's a montage of deputy DAs and victims' families. But in there's a couple of criminals. Uh, this is really where we are with this guy? A reminder that RecallDAGeorgeGascon.com is saying that if you're going to mail in the petitions or an L.A. County registered voter, you, should, you got to do it today. 624. You can drop it off at one of their petition locations, which you can find by going to the website and clicking a link by June 30th, which is Thursday. They have to have this all wrapped up and in to the L.A. County Registrar's Office by July 6th. So they need to go through all these petitions. Please, whatever's left, we do need a cushion. It may be as high as a 30% cushion. They may throw out 30% of the signatures, at least according to one expert. We'll see. Other studies I saw was 15 to 20% get thrown out. But please, please, we're running out of time. So what we're going to talk about right now is new research. Joining us will be from the Criminal Justice Legal Foundation Research Associate Elizabeth Berger. One of the things you heard in that opening was he has the data and the science on his side and his data and science is flawed. We have a new federal study out that longer sentences actually reduce recidivism, which is repeating crime, versus what Gascon has been trying to sell, that longer sentences actually lead to more crime. It never really made instinctual sense because if you have somebody put away for a long time, they're certainly not on the streets committing crime. You're going to say, well, when they come out, they're worse. Anyway, let's talk about this study. Uh, Elizabeth, welcome to the John and Ken show. Hi there, Ken. Thanks so much for having me on. Yeah. So this study comes to us from something called the United States Sentencing Commission. Who are they? So the United States Sentencing Commission is a government entity that publishes research on sentencing outcomes, and they track all the information on sentencing and for federal prisoners in the United States. And they work for Congress. It's supposed to be bipartisan. This is not a think tank that's, you know, pro-prison. Are they? Or Correct. They are supposed to be bipartisan. And, and they're appointed or they're, they're, they get their position through Congress is what I've read. Yes, exactly. All right. So the study is called Length of Incarceration and Recidivism, and it just came out why don't you go through some of the important points? Yeah, so this study was released earlier this week, and it examined the relationship between length of incarceration and recidivism. And this is a part of a larger multi-year recidivism study that also serves as an update to one of their prior reports that examined the same thing. So this study looked at a cohort of federal offenders who were released in 2010, and different lengths of incarceration and essentially whether they would be more likely to re be rearrested within eight years of their release. So when we're thinking about research studies, there are a couple different things that we want to think about. And one of the really common research studies that we see is a impact evaluation, which is also referred to as an effectiveness trial. So this is any study that tries to assess whether a certain treatment, policy, or program is effective in achieving a certain goal. So this study was looking at different incarceration lengths and looking at whether they were effective in achieving a certain goal. In this case, the goal would be to decrease rearrests upon the release. Right. So in these types of studies, there's always something related to a treatment and a comparison. So the treatment of some sort is always going to be the variable of interest. 
And in this case, the treatment was the amount of time spent incarcerated. And this is usually compared to another group that either didn't receive treatment or they received an alternative treatment. So in this case, we're comparing people who receive different times for incarceration, so different sentence lengths and decreased or increased time served. So in this study, the treatment was based on different categories of incarceration lengths. So we wanted to make sure that these groups are similar to each other. So the only thing that was different between them was that they served different amounts of time incarcerated. And everything else between them was similar. So these were offenders that were comparable to each other and were similar on offense type and were similar to each other in terms of criminal history and demographics. Okay. But they differed in terms of the time spent incarcerated. So these ranged, the categories ranged from 24 to 36 months, 36 to 48 months, 48 to 60 months, 60 to 120 months, and more than 120 months. Okay. So we're trying to see if, you know, the time that they spent incarcerated would make them less likely to be rearrested. And essentially what they found was that the odds of rearrest were lower for offenders who were sentenced to more than five years um, in comparison with people who received shorter sentences. And specifically for people who received sentences ranging from five to ten years, the odds of them being rearrested was 18% lower than comparable offenders who received shorter sentences. And for people who were sentenced to 10 years or more, the odds of rearrest was 29% lower than comparable offenders with shorter sentences. So, so now it essentially these, showed. Yeah, just want to ask, these, these were federal, these were, so, what, do you know what kind of crimes these were, or is just an assortment of federal crimes? Yeah, exactly. So these were federal offenders, and it was basically all offenses. So it was a really, really large sample of almost 23,000 offenders who were released from federal prison. Right. And they were of all different offense types and different criminal histories. Right. So as you mentioned, for people that are sentenced to 10 years or more in federal prison, the odds of rearrest were 29% lower than the offenders who got the shorter sentences. That's right. what came out in this research on the long end of this. Exactly. And do they have, I mean, did they mention any, this is really just scientific. It's just the way that the numbers came out. They didn't have any really explanation for this other than the fact that you know if you're the longer you're kept in prison the less likely you are to offend because you're not out on the streets but it, this recidivism period was what eight years post-release that's what they looked at exactly so they wanted to see if people were rearrested within eight years of leaving prison okay all right so and this just came out yeah this was just released on tuesday uh, it's a as you mentioned it was a pretty large base of uh, of inmates that they looked at yes Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate you spending the time to talk to us about this. Yeah, this essentially shows, you know, that these policies that are saying that shorter sentences are just as effective or potentially more effective than longer sentences is flawed. And when we keep relying on these types of policies that aren't really grounded in science, we are going to see things that we don't want, like such as increased crime. And we really need to be looking at the research before kind of forming these policy decisions. And 
We also conducted a research review last summer looking at this as well, and we found no published studies supporting the narrative that shorter sentences were just as good as longer sentences. Well, our DA says that there are studies. George Gascon has been telling that to everybody that'll listen in the media, that I have studies and science behind my uh, position that longer sentences lead to more crime. But he's making that up, isn't he? Essentially, yeah. So there have been a couple studies that have tried to claim that, but when you really look at the methodology, the methodologies aren't that strong, and that's kind of where this study, the Sentencing Commission study, was really helpful because it was very methodologically strong, and therefore we can trust the results more. All right, Elizabeth Berger, thanks for talking to me. Yep, thank you so much. It was great being here. Okay, Research Associate Elizabeth Berger from the Criminal Justice Legal Foundation, a good organization that, and one of the very few in California, that is on the side of victims. Yeah, people that be victims of crime. This is a federal study that longer sentences actually do reduce recidivism. It makes common sense for two reasons, as I've been saying. The longer you're in prison, of course, you can't reoffend because you're in prison. And then when you get out, you got to think about the consequences again. If I do something like I did before, I might get another 10 years. You give somebody a short sentence, two years or whatever, they're going to realize eh, it's not a big a price to pay. Why not? That's what's been going on in California. That's what's been going on under DAs like George Gascon and that idiot in San Francisco that got recalled. Okay, recalldageorgegascon.com. The big push is on to get a cushion of signatures so we can vote on recalling this uh, creep. John and Ken show here on KFI. Coming up, your chance at some money with the keyword that you enter at the website. Uh, recall DAGeorgegascon.com. I had mentioned that you have to get the petitions in the mail today if you're going to use the mail. Otherwise, you have to use a drop-off site. This is it. We are pretty much at the end. They have to have everything turned in by July 6th for it to count to get us to vote on recalling D.A. George Gascon. We're going to talk to a representative next hour. They just put out a press release. They want to make sure that the county registrar counts every signature that's submitted. And you may say, well, why wouldn't they? Well, apparently, under the rules, they can take a sample. And we'll find out what those rules are, but they can just take a 5% sample batch of the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of signatures turned in and go off of that so you'd be at the mercy of the sample batch as to whether or not you have enough valid signatures that's just applied to the total in a statistical way to determine so recall dageorgegascon.com let's get as many signatures as we can get in there and we'll find out what they're up to here with the possibility of using a sample batch when we talk to a representative coming up uh, next hour uh, the big story today, which you can't avoid, is the U.S. Supreme Court ruling that overturns Roe versus Wade, the 1973 decision that basically gave the right to abortion. People knew in all the years since that analyzed this legally that by using the 14th Amendment and sort of the right to privacy and other protections, that it was just, a, you know, the protection of liberty. That it might be a stretch, depending on the composition of the court, to actually uh, make a decision like that. But it was reaffirmed about 20 years later in another decision. So, I, look, I believe this. I thought it's settled. I really just figured, you know, it, there, the states can do some restricting, but you can have an abortion. But the movement never died. 
and the people, and this is unlike almost any other issue you can talk about. All the ones they're throwing out there today that next are going to come after gay marriage. This is completely different because you do have a life, whether you believe a life begins at conception or some period down the road from there. We're talking about a life inside a body. It's it's many people believe that life has to be protected as well. So there are 26 states that would ban all or nearly all abortions now that Roe has been overturned. So there you go. It's about half the states. The only objection I have when I read this stuff, and we talked about this when this draft opinion came out, I don't care or mind that people come to California for abortions, but I don't think we should be paying for them. They're talking about California being a sanctuary state. I don't really believe that's up to the taxpayers to do that. I, I don't think we have to do that. Uh, you can figure it out on your own if you're going to do that or go to a state that is going to pay for that. And I know that because Gavin Newsom is, whether you like it or not, he likes to say whether you like it or not, he's running for president. So what he is going to do is probably push for an abortion sanctuary situation here in California, inviting people from all over the country to come here and have those abortions. And don't worry, we'll pay for it. We'll take care of it. I'd be surprised if they're going to put them up in uh, accommodations uh, because he wants to get a foothold and he wants to use an issue like this, just like he's trying to use other issues to make people pay attention to him. I mean, even one Democratic operative said yesterday, this is a way of trying to get attention when you're largely irrelevant. And he is largely irrelevant. I don't think he's talked about much in Washington, D.C. They did a story yesterday on Democratic governors who may run if Joe Biden doesn't run in 2024. And of course, Newsom, because he's much younger than Biden and he's running the biggest state in the nation, is always a possibility. But don't take it too seriously because he's a wonk. He's annoying. He does not connect with people and he will flop just as many other California politicians, including, oh, let me see. Oh, the vice president, Kamala Harris, have bombed on the national stage. So you're going to be seeing stories all afternoon and tonight about people gathering in places around Southern California to protest the decision. As I said, it reminds me of when Trump won the election. I don't think it's exactly the same crowd, but of course, this has been an issue for so long that people use. It's always been the uh, drawback issue. It's always been the issue that Democrats in the state hang on to when they're looking for something to uh, tell people to keep me in office. They're going to be doing some vigils in places like Pasadena, downtown L.A. Uh, it's the usual protest groups that are out there. All right. Coming up next. Oh, we're going to head over to Bidenville. Joe Biden, of course, he spoke today about the Roe versus Wade decision. But he's also in the news for a couple of other reasons. One of them expected, but still funny. It's coming up next on the John and Ken show on KFI. We'd like to formally welcome you to the rest home of old Joe. Welcome to Bidenville, everyone. All men and women created by the go, you know the you know the thing. Um, what am I doing here? There's a man on the moon or whatever, you know, something, or you know, whether those aliens are here or not. What, what I can't remember it. Anyway, I, I commuted every single day for 36 years as Vice President of the United States. A lot of the folks in Amtrak became my family. 
not a joke. I was on the television. On television, I was on the telephone. I'm not. I'm not supposed to take any questions, but go ahead. I was in the foot him. Uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping. For Secretary of Health and Education, sir, I nominated Javier Bacaria. President Harris is a proud Howard alum. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. I got them. One point nine trillion dollars relief so far. Kleptocracy. Yeah. All right. Kleptocracy and club. The guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> and now to give you a tour of Bidenville before your extended stay. Here's John and Ken. Yeah, KFI AM six forty. It's very sad because there's really been no point in time where there's got this really loud political divide in the country. You got the conservative far right people, the Trumpsters, and you got this progressive left crowd. And the only person that could beat Trump, at least they thought in 2020, and I guess they were right, was Biden. But he's old and he's not really up to the job of being a firebrand and a leader. I mean, take today. He came out to try to express outrage over this Supreme Court decision of Roe v. Wade, but there wasn't a lot of passion behind it. And they're expecting it was just he wanted to make the announcement that, well, Congress ought to pass a law protecting the right to an abortion. And to do that, they're going to have to drive people to the polls in November to keep their Democratic majority in the House of Representatives and maybe grab the Senate. Uh, If that doesn't happen, I don't think they can pass a bill to codify Roe versus Wade and a right to an abortion. That, of course, is the big story today. Uh, He specifically called out Justice Thomas. Let me just say this, and I said this earlier in the show. Justice Thomas is getting attention because, in his opinion, he wrote about the possibilities of revisiting other rulings, including same-sex marriage and contraception. None of the other justices went down that road. It was just Thomas. As I mentioned, Thomas is a purist. He was a, a protege of Justice Scalia, who basically believed that the Constitution is what it is, and we're not going to go too far in trying to interpret every little nuance and facet of it. That's what a purist does. It's kind of where this ruling went in saying that whatever they did in 1973 with Roe versus Wade, and they tried to look at the 14th Amendment and the protection of liberty and the right to privacy, that's how they conjured up that decision in 1973, because clearly... By that point in the country, abortion was becoming more popular. It was a very big issue, and there were many legal cases surrounding it. So that's what they did. Well, this time, on this particular issue, there were enough purists to say, I don't think the Constitution gives anybody the definitive right to abortion. But we'll leave it up to the states and the people who elect the legislators in the states to decide. Predictably, this goes down the rift that I just talked about. You've got the red states, there's about 26 of them are either going to ban abortion or severely restrict it, and you got the blue states. And California is going to lead the charge, becoming a sanctuary state for people who want to have abortions. Isn't it nice to be known for that, abortion tourism? That's a really pleasant thought, isn't it? Uh, Biden, of course, made news late yesterday. He was at a uh, news event, something to do with uh, the wind industry. <laughs> the wind industry, I guess wind power, uh, alternative energy. Um, but <laughs> And I see this this picture I'm looking at comes from C-SPAN. Who else would carry this? Oh, it's a big event. It's a roundtable uh, between Joe Biden and executives from the wind industry. Who wants to go? Uh, nobody. 
But there was a photographer there who snapped a picture of old Joe, and he's holding up what is being referred to as a cheat sheet. Uh, he, because it, whatever he wanted to read was on one side, but on the other side, and the side that was held up opposite to Joe Biden's face, was, it says, the president. Offshore wind drop-by sequence of events. And it has all these bullet points. You enter the Roosevelt room and you say hello to participants. Can you handle that, Joe? Walk in, say hello. Or are you going to do that thing where you turn and there's nobody there? Uh, you take your seat. What's interesting about that is the you and the your is in capital letters. Is there? A, and by the way, the you in the first one I mentioned, you enter the Roosevelt room and say hello to participants. The you was also capitalized. So that he doesn't mistake it for anybody else taking their seats or anybody else saying hello to participants. It's you, Joe. We're talking about you. I imagine he can still read. It's in pretty large lettering. Then you give brief comments. The press departs. Then you ask somebody named Liz Schuler, the president of the AFL-CIO, a question. Uh, note in italics. Liz is joining us virtually. Then, in capital letters again, you... Thank the participants. And finally, in capitalizes the word, you depart. Um, if that's not like a parody, that almost sounds like a joke from Saturday Night Live. He actually has to be told to depart. So he probably sits there, looks at the card, and, and I can see people getting a prompt when you're dealing with all the events the president would deal with in one day. You want to know the order of events, which guy's going to come up to you next, who's going to speak. But this is so specific about actually saying hello, taking your seat, thanking people, and departing. Isn't that something you can kind of figure out on your own? And there's been this debate over just how managed is he? Well, he's incredibly managed, as you can see. They don't want him going off and taking questions from reporters on his own. And they want him to understand what he's supposed to do because he does get easily confused and turned around many times. He's not even sure where he is in many cases. It's pretty sad, but uh, it's pretty indicative of what we're facing today with this 79-year-old man in declining mental condition. All right, more coming up on the John and Ken Show. After 4 o'clock, we're going to talk about the travel nightmare again. We'll be talking to ABC News about the latest with the airlines and what they're trying to do to get back on track. You'll also have a chance next hour again to win money, $1,000 to be exact, with the keyword that you enter at the website, kfiam640.com. Coming up after 4 o'clock, an update on your travel nightmare if you have plans to fly. I'll be taking a couple of trips coming up myself. Uh, you might want to know what the airlines are up to because they're canceling more and more flights every day. And they're stopped flying to certain places, smaller airports around the country. We'll talk to Alex Stone. We will also have a chance for you to win $1,000 with the keyword to enter at the website. And we'll give you an update on the recall of L.A. County District Attorney George Gascon. There's been another development you need to hear about, and today is the deadline for you to mail in your petition. Today, June 24th. They want you to put it in the mail today if you're an L.A. County registered voter. Uh, in the world of politics, uh, here's a name that's come up, only because we're going to play a bit of audio that's, that's funny. There is a primary in Arizona for governor. It's coming up in August. There's a number of candidates running. On the Republican side, one of them is a woman by the name of Carrie Ann Lake. She announced only, I think, uh, June 1st, she's running for a governor. 
She's a former television news journalist. She worked at a Phoenix television station for 22 years. Stepped down last year from the role, and she's now running for Arizona governor. And it's funny, if you Google her name, the top story that pops up, it's like everywhere. Drag queen claims Arizona GOP candidate Carrie Lake is trying to pander to Republicans. This is someone by the name of Barbara Seville, a drag queen, who said that they were friends with Carrie Lake and thought she was very positive about LGBTQ plus issues. And now she looks to have drifted to the right in order to position herself in the Republican Party in trying to win this nomination. Oh, here's a question. Did Carrie Lake support Obama? Lake returned to being a Republican on January 31st, 2012. She explained her leaving the Republican Party in 06 as a reaction to the ongoing Iraq and Afghanistan wars. She had supported John Kerry in 04 and, yes, Obama in 08, but returned to the party in 2012. All right, well, the reason we're talking about Kerry Lake is uh, she was badgered by a CNN reporter for a quick interview, and uh, here's what happened. Hi, Harry. Hi. Hi. Nice to see you. Mm. Off you don't have a mask on anymore. What's we're, going we're on? Outside. Do you have a wow. minute to well, chat? Well, we're six feet apart. <laughs> do you have a minute to chat? Um, I'll do an interview. Okay. As long as it airs on CNN Plus. Oh. <laughs> Does that still exist? Yeah. I didn't think so because the people don't like what you guys are peddling, so, which is propaganda. Thank do you. you. Do you... Oh, I guess she walked away. Ah, dig it. CNN Plus. May it forever rest in peace. So that's uh, <laughs> obviously when you're running for the Republican nomination in Arizona, CNN's not a friendly place. So you figure that would make good news. And apparently that's a video that's been put about on, on, on Twitter from a candidate for a governor in, in Arizona. Uh, one of the other stories making news this week, it has been 60 years since an amazing escape from Alcatraz. Deborah Mark, do you ever visit Alcatraz, the prison up there? Yes, in the I have. I have. Yeah. Most, I think it's the, one of the most popular tourist attractions in San Francisco. I did it once, but it was a long time ago. On June 11th, 1962, three men escaped. Convicted bank robber Frank Morris, John Anglin, and his brother Clarence Anglin. They escaped the prison after posing fake heads in their beds. And then they made inflated vests and a raft out of prison raincoats. And that's what they used to allegedly swim away. Now, many believe they're dead. <clears throat> that because the water, I mean, if you've ever been in this part of the Bay Area on the water there, the water is constantly rough. It is really freaking freezing. It's very choppy. They don't think they could have survived this. But just in case, the FBI and the U.S. Marshal Service has been releasing sort of a time-phased picture of what the three would look like if they were still alive and around today. They'd be in their 90s. This is 60 years ago. And at the time, I guess they were around 30. So just in case they're still out there, some people say that they escaped and they ended up in South America. But most think that they just drowned. Um, they said that they got many tips over the years, including the discovery of a raft and a paddle, possibly recovered from Angel Island. Uh, there also was allegedly a car stolen by the three men in Marin County the night of the escape. And there's this photo taken of the brothers 
1975 by a childhood friend who claimed, yeah, they're alive, and they were last seen at a bar in Brazil. An analyst hired by the family of these brothers, the Anglins, confirmed that the photograph was legitimate, but the FBI did not necessarily believe the photograph was legitimate. When you have something as notorious and legendary as escaping from Alcatraz, you can only imagine over the years the stories that people make up to keep the legend going, to keep people believing that uh, this happened. And not only that, they're still alive. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine escaping and, and being alive. Yeah, there was a movie. There's been several movies, yeah. wasn't there? One with, yep. I think, Burt Lancaster was in one, I think, Escape from Alcatraz, or some famous actor years ago. But uh, these are the three that allegedly, well, they did get away from the prison. The question yes. is, did they survive the right. swim? Yes. Uh, but no bodies were ever found. So the FBI did a 17-year investigation before kind of putting it in the cold file. But it's come back, obviously, because of the significance of the 60-year anniversary of their escape. All right, coming up next, your travel nightmare update. We'll talk to Alex Stone, ABC News. Your chance at money, that $1,000 keyword, up for grabs. Find out what the keyword is at around 420. John and Ken show on KFI, and Deborah Mark has the news now. Hey, Ken, did you know that gold is the only currency that's held its value since the dawn of money? Well, I did. Thanks to our friends at Legacy Precious Metals, the most trusted name in gold investing. Investing in gold protects you against inflation and gives you a hedge against stock market volatility. Don't leave your retirement to chance. Call Legacy Precious Metals today at 866-691-2173. Or download your free investor's guide now at buylegacygold.com. That's buylegacygold.com. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.